Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the first ever six-man football talk podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Peterson, alongside my co-host, Randy Swain, as we talk about some six-man football here around a a time of the COVID-19 outbreak. And uh, Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I mean, it's uh, there's not, it's never a bad time to talk about football. And uh, for those who've never been around it, it's always a good time to talk about six-man football. Just uh, just the excitement of the game uh, and the difference that, you know, what most of us know from the 11-man game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, yeah, me too. So today on our agenda, we will uh, be discussing some uh, rules of six-man because, I mean, it is different football compared to a uh, we will also be having an interview with uh, Six Mania's Cowboy Parks, Blum High School's uh, Colby Klingscales, and then we will uh, wrap it up. So uh, we'll start today talking about some uh, different rules. And uh, you want to talk about a little bit about the dimensions uh, of the field for Six Man? Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, obviously, uh, you know, the field is going to be, you know, when you're dealing Six Man versus Eleven. Uh, you would kill those kids if they were out there playing on the on a full size field. So, yeah, the, the six man field is set of a hundred yards, a uh, hundred yards long is is an eighty yard is eighty yards, and then the width is is forty yards. So, uh, you're cutting thirteen yards off the width and twenty yards off the length. Yeah, and uh, you know, and you know, you'll see a lot of times. Well, like it at at. AT&T Stadium during the playoffs. I mean, they'll play on on bigger on on regular eleven man fields, and you know they'll have to shorten the sidelines on and the and the end zone on one end. We did that when I was coaching. There were several times, you know, you had that you played on eleven man fields and you just took, you know, chalk or cones. I mean, whatever it takes to, <laughs> to mark off your sidelines. You know, I mean, you try to utilize one straight line if you could, and then just shorten it on the other side. So. But it's uh yeah it's a little bit smaller field and you know it's still a lot of ground to cover for six guys. Yeah, so I mean at 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 and T Stadium, I mean it was the first time that I've ever seen a six man game, and I thought it was you know I walked out onto the field and I was like man this is pretty crazy like I they uh they they brought out these different goalposts and they put them uh I believe just in 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 the in the end zone I think right on the goal line correct. Yes, exactly. Is that where they put them? Yeah, so they put them right on the right on the goal line, and I completely forgot when I got there that the entire like dimensions and everything were changed, and I was like, "Whoa, this is interesting." And but yeah, of course, then a- you're then then on both ends of the field, your ten yard line was your was your was your goal line. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you just I mean they do a good job of 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 redimensioning the field and and getting it right for these kids because. Uh, yeah, that's what they grew. That's what, that's what they know. You get out in, you know, the smaller towns of, of Texas and it's, uh, you know, they live and breathe six man football. It's an exciting game to, it's an exciting game to watch, you know, and, and for me, it just reminds me of the, of the days growing up in Euless where I grew up and you called everybody on a, on a Sunday afternoon and met up at Trinity high school and just, I mean, just had a, just a, a pickup game where everyone's eligible. Yep. It's like backyard football. You got to love it. It is. Yeah, well, absolutely. So uh, another another thing that's different with uh, six men is the uh, is the basically the I, I'm 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 really baseball IQ. So I'm going to call it a run rule, but it's it's a uh, 45 point lead at halftime or any point after halftime. If a team goes up by 45, 
the game is uh, ended immediately. Why? Why do? Uh, why is that rule in place? Well, here's. I mean, it, and and so many people in the eleven man world don't understand that rule. They think they think you're watering down the game or you're encouraging people to quit. Uh, you know they. But what they don't understand, the purpose of the rule, and you got to keep in mind, some of these schools, uh, you know, they may only have nine or ten guys on the team. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes less. So the the reality is, if 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 you if you're playing with you know seven or eight guys, and you get out there and you're really just running up and down the field on somebody, you don't have kids on the bench that you can substitute in basically calling off the dogs. Yeah. You know, in the 11 man game, you've got, you can play your freshmen and sophomores, you know, get those, get those, get those guys put in the game uh, and kind of slow down the, the pace, you know, but in the six man game, there's nobody to sub in and no coach. I don't care who you are. No coaches. I mean, you can't tell your kids to, to give less effort. Yeah, because the one thing that we've all seen in in watching this game and playing this game, I, I mean, a lot of people get hurt when they're going half speed or less. So I mean, and, yep. and just the mentality of an athlete, uh, you can't just go out there and tell them to you know just you know to go lay down. They're not going to do it. You know, so yeah. the people in the eleven man game that don't they don't understand now. Once you start explaining it to them, you know that look, there's nobody else to substitute in. I mean, if you're up forty five points at halftime. You've got nothing to gain by beating somebody by ninety or hundred points. I mean, that's, exactly. that's that's not good for either side. Yeah. So in that in the six man game, it's it's a wonderful rule, and I I wouldn't even be opposed to seeing it. You know, maybe in the in the two A division where you know, I mean, they're out there with 18, 19 kids. Yes, you can you can sub some in, but you know, I mean, nobody. I don't. You know, I I would never want to be a part on either side of of a you know. 80 90 point game i mean it just makes no sense yeah exactly and it, it, it's not like uh it's a rarity in six man where teams aren't scoring 100 points like you look weekly there's times where there's teams scoring 100 plus points every week hey i'll tell you this and i i can't remember the year but i was coaching at a small christian school in rockwall and we played in a state championship it was a tcal state championship and we scored 88 points and got 45 in a state championship. Oh, my. So, I mean, it's 100 – I think I want to say it's 138 to, to 88. I mean, it was just a – you know, it's a track beat. I mean, it's yeah. – you know, but the mercy rule, it definitely it's, – it's a great rule for that game when you're dealing with limited numbers because you're two things. You're not asking your athletes to give less effort. You know, and you you just you don't have the subs. So if you're up if you're up that much that quick, then there's really no point in you know in embarrassing somebody. You know, exactly. to, to get beat by seventy or eighty. I mean, that just that that's you know, it's it's a great rule. I, I actually I love the rule. I mean, and you know, there again, when you're playing and coaching, that's always your goal. It's like, man, let's finish this thing by halftime. And I'll, I'll tell you what, though, at, at those state championship games, if there's a 45-point uh, rule like that where, where a team goes up, it is incredible for the reporters up there. We get like a two-, three-hour break to just chill out. Oh, the yeah. Game, the, ga- the games are set up on uh, times. And uh, there, there was one, one, a, uh, one blowout like that in the state championship game, and we were sitting up there for three hours. So 
I, I think that it's it's definitely great for for the players, but man, it's it's also good for everybody else too. Get everybody well, a little bit of a break and and think about yeah. this. I mean, it, I mean, probably the average difference, mileage difference for for these teams in West Texas and and down in the Hill Country that play six man, you might be on any given Friday night 60, 70 miles from home. Yep. So if you can get on the road at eight thirty to get back to your hometown. You know, that hour, hour and a half drive versus 1030 facing that hour and a half drive. I mean, it's a safety factor. I mean, people, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a good rule. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know, I mean, in the four or five years that I coached and, you know, I mean, it just wasn't, it, it's not about embarrassing somebody. I mean, it, you know, there again, I mean, it just some days, sometimes you have the horses, and, you know, just get out there and get it done and let's everybody go home and, and we'll, you know, start preparing for the next week. Exactly. Now, uh, along with the uh, basically the the point rule, there's also shortened quarters and shortened time between quarters and halves. Uh, each quarter is 10 minutes long. Uh, between quarters is two is two minutes between each quarter and a 15 minute halftime. Uh can you talk a little bit about what, uh, why those uh, points are in, or minutes are in place? Well, and there, I mean, there, you, you're, de- I mean, you have, you're looking out first and foremost on ten minute quarters. You, you don't want to wear these kids down where fatigue is going to cause them to get hurt on the field. Exactly. You know, even with the, even with the shorter field, I mean, six man, you're, you know, you're short, you're, you're five men short of, of regular football, and it just, uh, you don't want to risk injury through fatigue so uh and the thing goes i mean you've seen there's there's not near as much passing it's not like a you know what we see in the 11 man game so i mean the clock is run in most cases the clock is running continuously because unless someone goes out of bounds because you know most of your passing is just usually short dump passes Yep. Yo, know, and then the rest of it is just run. I mean, it's a you know just spread that thing out and and you know the goal is you know get the hand, get the ball in the hands of your best athlete and get them in the open field and see what they can do. Yeah, it's definitely a fun game to watch. I encourage anybody that's listening to uh, tune in or watch some of the highlights of some six man because I was definitely surprised when I saw my first game this past year, and I'm really interested to get a little bit more knowledge into the game and. Uh, you know, it's catching up with some teams this season. Oh, and it's, uh, you know, learning there again, you know, the, the every man eligible, you know, that's just something that you you don't think about. But, you know, I mean, I know we had for years, uh, you know, our center typically was our top receiver. Because, you yeah, that, you that's could, insane. You, <laughs> you know, you could get all your motion going to one sideline or the other, and that center just kind of snapped the ball and then just kind of kind of hold his spot, hold his spot. Next thing you know, he's in the middle of the field. And everybody else is pursuing to one sideline or the other, and you just throw it back to him and let him do his thing, you know. So, uh, you know, and the other one, other big people, you know, it's 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 two points to kick an extra point, and four points mm-hmm. four points for a field goal, you know, versus one point, you know, kicking. I mean, because it's harder. I mean, you got to think about it, you know six man to line up and kick an extra point. I mean, you're utilizing your kicker, a holder, and a snapper. So basically, you've got three guys trying to block six. Yep. 
I mean, kicking, kicking the kicking game, and it can. I'm telling you, it can make a big difference. I mean, if you're if you're kicking twos versus your opponent running for one, you know, uh, you can you can build up a touchdown lead, just uh, an additional touchdown lead, just matching them score for score if you're kicking and they're and they're running. Exactly. The, I mean, there was a couple block kicks in the in the state championship game, and it it I think it was in the Blub McLean game, and it it wound up giving. Uh, Blum a chance to win. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the kicking game is always critical. But, uh, you know, they're just, I mean, extra points. I mean, to get two instead of one, you know, if you've got a kicker and somebody that can snap, I mean, you, you know, it has to go off quick, though, because there again, you've got, you know, got. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so it's a, yeah, the kicking game, it's, it's, it's probably even more important in the six man game than it is in the 11 man game. Yeah, I would agree with you on that too. It's definitely it's definitely uh, something that a lot of teams that you obviously, as a coach, did did y'all uh, practice that? Oh, a lot? absolutely. I mean that that we really tried to, you know, at the high school level. I mean, we were we were trying to kick every opportunity we could. You know, because there again, I mean that's, you know, uh, if you're right, if you're kicking for two and they're running for one. You know, and and as much scoring as go that goes on in a game, I mean, you're every every five touchdowns, you're adding a touchdown lead to what you you know, a, even though they've scored the same amount of, of of touchdowns as you have. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 a very important aspect of the game, the the kicking game. Yeah, most definitely. Hey, uh, so now we will be. Uh, transferring over to doing our interview with uh, Six Mania's Cowboy Parks. Uh, we will take a short break and we will uh, be okay. right back. And we're back and we are now joined with Six Mania's Cowboy Parks. Cowboy, how are you doing today? Old, mean, ugly, short, fat, and bald. <laughs> Other than that, I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, good. I hope I like you're not getting any fatter being locked in your house. I'm not locked in my house. I have to work a real job to support my six-man habit, and I'm an essential employee, so. We like to hear it. (laughs) Some people think Six Mania makes money. It it loses quite a a few thousand a year. Yeah, I bet. But it's entertaining. No, it's all about the kids. My entire purpose in setting up to begin with was to get these, you know, six men kids a little bit of, and the game itself, some recognition that I felt like it deserved. So, you know, I don't have competition. Anybody that shuts Six Mania down or tries to outdo us is actually serving my purpose of getting these kids the recognition. So whether they realize it or not, they're helping me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, how long has Six Mania been around? The website, we started it in February of 2014. The, before that, I had a Facebook group and for a couple of years. I'd done scores before then. It's just, as I said, it all started because, well, a, a TV station in Waco wouldn't cover the Six Men. I called them, talked to them, and they said it. Nobody cared about it, and if I thought I could do a better job to start my own media outlet. Told them challenge accepted. Now they go to me for information. 
the rest is history. So, and that's all as of right, yeah, as of right now, you know, in the state of Texas, it's pretty much your you've got a top three covering six man, and it's uh, sixmanfootball.com and then Texas 1A fan. You know, I've, been, I've been following sixmanfootball.com for for years and years. I mean, and that they're you're right. They're for the longest time they were the only thing out there. Yeah, and then well, he wouldn't do pictures and stuff, and I wanted to see pictures and videos. So, and okay, we don't have a message board. That's we leave that for Granger. He's been doing it a long time. You know, we're not stepping on toes. So we picked we picked up on the areas he wasn't doing. Some of, some of those message board discussions can get a little heated. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night. Um, dumpster fire could be a better term for some of the discussions. Well, I was trying to keep it just as politically correct as I possibly could here. <laughs> I, I don't understand politically correct. <laughs> I'm from small town Texas. You just tell it like it is and go on. Exactly. That's the way it ought to be. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all these fans, I mean, they care about six-man football down there. Uh, how how big of it is a, uh, you know, to have that six-mania presence for all those small-town kids? There's a lot of them that, you know, don't ever see, other than a, maybe a local newspaper, you know, they don't ever get anybody coming in and doing video clips or photos or anything. And so – it's I didn't realize how big it was until I believe it was 2018 we or 17 or 18 we went to Sanderson we had people taking their pic you know taking pictures of each other standing beside our vehicle because it's got the six mania logo on it wow and you know people, oh my god I can't believe you're here and you know and then that's when it I really realized how big it had gotten for somebody like me like I'm just a country boy and it's odd to me. Did you play six man? Where where you when you came through school? I played in junior high. When I got into high school, I had a coach tell me, um, and I, I was on the team, but that was all. He told me I was too fat, too short, and too slow, and didn't understand why I even kept coming to practice because I wasn't ever going to get on the field. And. <laughs> I quit going to practice and that was the end of it. And now as all the coaches, I know, you know, most of them are just disgusted when I tell them that story because coaches like, no, you never do that because some of those players are the ones that wind up developing at some point and turning into something. You never turn a kid away. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. And it's just like that, uh, that one kid, I just recently watched the movie. He, uh, he went to Arkansas. He was a walk on. They uh they made a uh, walk on a word about him. I, I can't I can't remember his name. But now there's like a college uh award for walk ons, and he he basically had no offers or anything. He walked onto the Arkansas football team, and he was drafted by the Colts. Yeah, and you'll see a few of those. Yeah, you know, but you know, in six men especially though, why would you turn a kid away? When there are times, you know, between injuries and grades, later in the season, you might be struggling to have a team. Oh, absolutely. I have seen – you've seen it too over the years, teams that have to forfeit games because they don't have the numbers. 
I have actually seen to where a coach called his opponent and said, hey, I'm down to five players. We're not going to be able to play this. Yeah, and was, yeah. and the, the, the opposing coach said, okay, um, we'll play five on five. And he goes, I'm going to bring six kids. I'll just rotate one. And he seriously showed up with six kids. And they called the officiating chapter, and the chapter said, well, if both of y'all are okay with it, we'll, we'll go with it. And so they played – officially it was a six-man game, but it was a five-on-five. Five. Wow. And give the kids a chance. I mean, that's what it's like. Let them said, get out there on the field. Exactly. And it wound up I – w- I saw some of the clips of it. It wound up being a good game. I'm, I'm looking for the film on that one. <laughs> you know, that's one of those that I, I really want that film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about earlier, uh, you know, basically in, in this six man game, everybody's involved. Like you, you could see your center catching a pass and scoring a touchdown for your team. Uh, the center dump pass is, you know, it, it's always an option on any kind of a, you know, pass play or even, you know, when they're looking for a little run play, if they, if it's set up right, the center, you know, he hold his block and then roll out. You know, quarterback gets or running back, whoever gets in trouble, they can dump off to him. And I've seen that one, you know, a busted play turn out into something because that center could, you know, catches it and gains that two, three, five. And once in one instance, I actually saw the center, a couple of his, you know, teammates got some blocks and he took it 60 yards. He rumbled wow. 60 yards because the kid was not fast. <laughs> I might have been able to outrun him, and I, and I think I can run the 40 in five minutes. But if you get – that's what I, I was explaining earlier before you came on. I mean, we, there were times our center was our leading receiver because it's all – I mean, if you get momentum going to one sideline or the other and the defense is in hot pursuit, that just like you said, that center kind of holds his block and let everyone follow the pursuit, and he just stays in the middle of the field. You roll to the right, get all, you know, and turn and, and and throw it back to the middle of the field. There's no one there. And then the, you got that big rumbling kid that can go 40 or 50 yards before anybody catches him. So, Well, one of my favorites was in the uh, 80s and may, I think it might have been all the way into the early 90s it, at Gordon. You know, it was a Campbell play. And he left it up to the quarterback in the center. And they, you know, quarterback would be under center and quarterback would look up and read the defense. He'd take his hand and tap the center. If, if he tapped him, the center knew to break out. Ever, nobody else on the team knew they were fixing to go for this dump pass. So everybody is going with it. And it draws the defense. Center breaks to the other side, catches the dump pass, and he's got lots of yards. They didn't use it very often, but when they did, it never failed to gain at least a first down. Right. Because they didn't use it that often. And it was my, one of my favorites, like I said, just because the way it was put into place, you know, it wasn't anything that everybody going full force drew the defense. And so that just that made it awesome to me. Yeah, that is awesome. Now, uh, at, as we head into this, uh, you know, 2020 season, uh, is there any specific player or team that, you know, you're you're really keeping your eyes on for this season? Motley County. Yeah, they're, 
they're they're returning from the they were in the state championship last year, correct? Yes. And I actually had preseason. I picked Motley County to lose in the semifinal and then to win it all the you know, in twenty and in twenty one. And they actually got to the finals. They made one game farther than I expected, which I'm not complaining about that. That still's a good pick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with a team loaded with sophomores. And yeah, so, you know, yeah, their, I looked at their roster last week when we started talking about putting this together, and I was like, man, look at all those sophomores. Yeah, they, I mean, they're going to be loaded with junior talent. They have one one kid that I think it was the Fisk, I believe was his last name, that is a senior. He will be, you know, it's going to hurt him a little bit because he wasn't necessarily the playmaker but he was one of those kids that you can depend on to do his job every time. And, you know, any coach knows how that is. You need those kids on the field. So they're going to need somebody to fill his spot, but I'm sure Mike Bigham has already got something in mind for that. And, but that, yeah, D1 is, is a whole lot harder to read. You know, you've got, well, We'll go back to D2. You got Motley County. You know, they're going to be tough. Calvert. I'm expecting Calvert to be Richland Springs just because they're tough every year. But with the Rigdons leaving and, you know, the talent they're graduating, I just, looking at it right now, I don't see how they can do it again. Yeah. And so, but I mean, you've got a few in D2 that are really. But when you get to D1, it's just Blum is graduating a lot of talent. They're still going to have some good kids. You know, you've got Rankin that's going to be good. I think McLean's going to be down pretty hard. But Borden County, if you count Borden County out at any point, you've made a mistake. It's just it's tradition. It's the program. They're going to be good. Yeah. And so it's – I'm still watching. I've got to go through and talk to coaches and see for sure who's returning what. But I'm not seeing an exceptional standout in D1 yet. That's the, that's the beauty of it. It's, let's just play the season. Let's, let's let it all shake itself out, and we'll see, we'll see where the cream rises. I'm hoping to have it to where, you know, we've got 20 teams that bounce in and out of the top ten – because they're all so close that they're just fighting for those spots. That to me makes a yeah, lot better game. Yeah, that would make it incredibly interesting. I mean, some of the some of the best, uh, you know, sports and divisions and stuff like that. It's when it's unpredictable, and I, I feel like six man, you know, year in year out, there could be a team at the bottom of the pack that could wind up being at the top of the pack. It's rare for them to climb real high, but, you know, if you look mm-hmm. at your, you know, you look at preseason rankings and it's a Granger stuff in ours, there's not, there's going to be some differences, but not, you know, very rarely is there anything just massive because we, we yeah. use the same information. Yeah. And so oh, you can kind of judge off of that and get an idea. But, you know, one thing I point out to people, they're like, well, hey, we started out ranked at number five. How did we finish at number 20? Well, what happened to your stud running back? Well, he got hurt, and he and he couldn't finish the season. 
That is correct. And this is six man. What are the chances of you having two running backs at that level? That was exactly what I was fixing to address. It's like it's easier. Teams are going to come down faster than what they will move up because one injury can change your whole the whole complexion of your team. Yeah. So what you that what you said exactly what I was fixing to say. You just and it you know yeah it's you're going to come down quicker than you'll go up because well, an injury can make that much of a difference. Occasionally, you'll have a kid that you know comes in he you know moves in a little bit into the season and so it changes a team or a kid that got hurt in two days and so he's out six weeks or and then when he comes back suddenly hey you realize they've got a lot more than we expected because you hadn't you haven't seen that one but that one kid can change everything up or down absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. So, so we were we were talking earlier about how there there's there's some teams that you know they only have seven eight kids. How can you uh, talk a little bit about how practices work like that for teams that you know say don't have a full twelve uh, man twelve plus man roster to practice six on six? It's tough. I've seen in I've seen in a lot of cases where coaches stand in defensive positions. Or sometimes I'll even run with them, you know, and just kind of stay on them right there to where this is what you've got to expect, you know, when they're running offense. But then the you've got to turn right around running the offense, you know, put, trying to practice your kids on defense is harder. Yeah. And but I've I've seen that quite a bit, you know, where now it's even harder when you get one of these schools that has two coaches and seven players all you can do is run is just do like you're warming up before a game and just run your drills on your you know just run through your play just just walk through and just kind of just checking position and technique and and uh because you can't go live you know which you know there's pros and cons to going live full speed in practice anyway so i'm trying to remember uh, i I'm wanting to say it was 2014, the championships there that Grand Falls won. I think they had he's either eight or ten kids on the team. And they won the Division Two championship. I'm still not yeah, sure so how they, they did they it. They never had a full six-on-six six practice. No. At no point during the season did they have enough to run, you know, set up full. And That's incredible. But, but – the kid, the difference is they had talent and they had coachable talent. Amen to that. That's another one a lot of your people in the stands can't grasp. You can have a kid with Division I college talent, and if he either has no heart or he is not coachable, he is, in essence, worthless to the team. Exactly. Yeah, we, we you, you can see that all the way up through the through the six uh, A level. Oh, it doesn't matter what level it is. I mean, that's that right there. If the kid is not willing to be coached, they're a cancer to the team. Yep. Do you do you think that it's uh, tougher for a team uh, for a one man one A team compared to a six A team? Uh, on that one, I would say yes overall. And 
it's kind of the same reasoning you get, you know, more kids going into college to play ball coming out of 6A. When you have a school that's got 2,500 kids in it, right, strictly off of the percentages, you have a better chance at having athletes. Right now, you go down to 1A, and if you take, you know, most, let's say these schools that are running, if they're right at 100, it's going to take 25 of those schools to have the same chance for the same number of true athletes as comparison to that one school. And pe- Correct. people don't look at it that way. We, percentage-wise, a lot of times we'll have just as many true athletes come through until a lot, you know, in a lot of cases, parents will, okay, my kid is obviously showing to be something, and they'll pull them and they'll move them over to an 11-man school. And so it drops the level of your player, you know, here. It's just. I, I saw that happen multiple times in Rockwall when I was, I was coaching at a small Christian school there. And, you know, they come through middle school and, and, you know, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're the, they're the big fish in a small pond. And, uh, you know, the parents there again, they get that mindset. Oh, I need to get them into the, you know, Heath or, or Rockwall high school to, you know, so they can get some exposure. And, you know, sadly, the majority of the time, you never saw those kids again. And what parents don't understand is, especially your 2A right now, 2 and 3A colleges, you know, well, you know, your or say, A, you know, your Division 2, II, Division 3, they're really starting to watch the six-man kids because they're realizing that you've got a kid that has had to play multiple positions. He's had to play both sides of the ball. So he's not hardcore into this one position. They can bring them in and teach them a little bit and move them around until they find the spot where they like them. And so there's more colleges starting to watch it. But not only that, find me a better open field tackler than a good six-man defender. That's funny because that was actually one of my topics that I had given – our last week was the, the importance of being an open field tackler because I have said from the day I got involved and started coaching six man years ago was that, you know, t- on, you know, I, I explained it this way on typically on any one play, there's one defender that has a chance to make a tackle. And if he misses it, it's, it's, I mean, it's six points, you know, so the, the importance of open field tackling is huge. And I'm telling you right now, there are some major collisions <laughs> when you start talking open field tackling versus somebody running a tight formation and, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, so to speak. I mean, there are some un- yeah. unbelievable collisions. Outside uh, of the ugly place. ones that everybody's seen videos of from the NFL, the hardest, most brutal hits I've ever seen were in six men. Oh, I believe that totally. I, I've, I totally believe that because especially if you've, you know, and I've seen this where you've got a good sweep, it's all laid out. Good kid breaks just as he breaks around the end and he thinks he's got open field and he turns it on and he doesn't look over. And that defender comes from across running that angle and just lights him up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've actually, I've seen kids get their helmets knocked off. It's, you know, it's not a pleasant situation. I've my my own son 
came real close to knocking a Calvert kit out one time. And it was a beautiful hit. It was perfectly clean. But it's also, from one side, it's, like I said, it's wonderful to watch. From the other side, you're sitting there looking at the kid that took that hit. Going, he should have been watching better because you want to make sure he's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love hard hits, but I don't want to see anybody hurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, hey, Cowboys, th- thanks for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we'll most likely be talking to you again throughout the season, uh, depending on your availability. Of course. Yeah, I might uh, put Shad, my partner, Shad Klein, on a, a time or two. He's he's the one that does our rankings. and so. Yeah, we would love to have uh, we, him. We might turn you all over to him once or twice here and there, depending on which one of us is more yeah, free. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on here. It's, you know, well, if you got people, yeah, if you got well, people asking good. about six men steering my way, the phone number on the website and on the Facebook page for Six Mania is my cell number. So, awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll put your uh, phone number in the description uh, of this and and the video. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Awesome. I, I we've enjoyed it, Cowboy. Yes, sir. Y'all take care. All right. Well, that was uh, Cowboy Parks he, uh, of Six Mania. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break real quick as we will uh, – up next will be Kobe Klingscales from Blum. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, our next guest today on the Six Man Football Talk is with uh, Blum's Kobe Klingscales, who is a state champion this past season. Kobe, thanks for joining us. No problem. So, uh, obviously, state champion – uh, it's a great feeling. How 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 did it make you feel being on a state championship team last year? Oh, it felt great. Uh, there was maybe yeah, it was a great time. Had a great year. Glad I got to end it with uh, their leadership was great and everything. Awesome. Now, uh, you know, heading into the state championship game, uh, you know, you guys were considered underdogs to McLean. You, you guys lost them at the beginning of the, this uh, of the season, correct? Yes, sir. So, uh, heading into that game, what was your coach telling y'all? Uh, you know, th- those those two weeks prior before the game. Um, he was telling us that uh, they haven't changed much, but we have. They we weren't the same team we were. From when we first played them, had our around the first quarter, and then nothing. Our we didn't have the same running back, and he was just a lot more practice and time. And uh, they hadn't changed much, but we did. So we knew that we were going to have a slight advantage on them, but still one of the hardest games I've probably ever played in my life. Yeah, it it was an awesome game, man. We were we were there, or uh, Friday Night Glory was there, and. Man, a lot of people had had McLean winning that game, and the way that y'all came out and basically that that turn in the second half was just what won y'all that game. Yes, sir. So you know, as you guys head into the season, coming off of a uh, off of y'all state title win, uh, what are some things that you guys you know maybe could improve on uh, as y'all head into this next season? Um, we're going to have to find probably a 
good quarterback that was as smart as ours that graduated this year and the leadership that he had on our team and probably a running back that's as good as Colton because he was a pretty good running back. And uh, really, our O-line is going to probably be what's really going to win us ball games next year because my uh, we got a pretty stacked uh, little group of so- uh, freshmen coming to be sophomores, and they've got a group of 12 with them, and they're big class, and they're going to be real good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what, what are your goals for this upcoming season? You know, I would like to repeat. Obviously, that would be great, and I really think we could do it. Hey, that that's good to hear. Um, you know, have y'all guys uh, seen y'all schedule already this year? Uh, I know a few that's on there, but I just know mainly the district. Yeah, is there a certain game that uh, you, you know you got circled on your uh, on the schedule? Uh, who's, think, who's your Who's your big rivalry in your district? It probably in our district is probably going to be Milford or Avalon, but be Jonesboro. Jonesboro, okay. So, uh, what are your plans after high school, man? Uh, I don't really know much yet, but, you know, I'm looking forward to probably being a firefighter because I, I like that kind of stuff. Hey, that's all. Awesome. Let me ask. You, I didn't. I didn't watch much of. I mean, I, I. I apologize. I didn't see the state game last year. But are you? Uh, you you prefer offense or defense? Oh man, that's 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 what I get asked a lot sometimes. And I don't know. I really like scoring touchdown, catching the balls, but uh, I really like hitting people. So I'm probably gonna have to go with defense. There you go. <laughs> now. I'm- on the offensive side, are you are you guys more of a spread formation? Or are y'all running a tight formation? We run the J offense. Okay. Yeah, we don't go much spread. Just just powered up and run. Just just try to run over people. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's a. Uh, I mean that that's you know there's such you know some people like to spread it out and some people you know I guess if you've got. You know, that one super, just super star athlete that you just want to get in open field, the spread might be better. But when you got a group of kids working together, you just, you know, the, uh, the Jaybird would be just, you know, let's line it up and just, you know, hey, here, we're coming with our best. Y'all stop us. Yes, sir. That's kind of the attitude you, I'm sure you guys take. It's like, hey, we're, we're not going to change anything when we, you know, Y'all have to stop us at what we do. We're, you know, so that's a, that's great. Just power it up and go play ball. Yes, sir. So, uh, during this uh, quarantine uh, with the coronavirus, obviously, it's made everything kind of kind of different for everybody. Has your uh, what what has your coaches done and gave you all to do maybe uh, during this quarantine to you know kind of stay in shape? You know, he, he gives us workouts weekly, but usually, I don't know, a lot of people, like, do them, but they, I don't know, we just run, and we just mm-hmm. do whatever we can. Yeah, y- y'all guys need to be fast, and especially in this, uh, you know, six-man. Oh, you guys yeah. are running up the field, basically. I mean, it's every play. Oh, yeah. Kobe, you I want to ask you, I mean – Growing up, you know, in the Metroplex where I grew up, and you know, we you're, sometimes your rival high school, 
uh, might only be three or four miles away. You know, and I, you know, it's, it's guys you grew up with and you knew personally and you might have played little league sports with them, uh, one thing or another. But, you know, in the six-man game, I mean, sometimes your, your closest rival might be 30 or 40 or 50 miles away. In, in your district, do you develop, do you guys develop that same kind of rivalry with those guys, even though, you know, when I grew up, you would see your rivals, I mean, at the mall or at the movies or whatever, but obviously you guys don't have that, that situation, but I just, you know, how, how competitive do you get with your, with, with the athletes from the other school? Because you're not, I mean, is that something you encounter them on a regular basis or... Well, actually, uh, I used to go to uh, Covington, which is it, – they're technically one of our rivals, but they, they're not very far from us. They're about 10 or so miles. Oh, I know and where Covington – I know, yeah, I'm, I know Covington, Hillsboro, all that down through there. So. Yeah, I used to go to Covington with them. So, usually every year – so, when the time comes to play them, it's pretty much game mode, and I'm just going out there to kill pretty much – well, yeah, you don't want to lose to to one of your buddies. I get oh, that. Oh yeah, no way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it's fun to see these rivalries, even though they are you know thirty, forty miles away sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, especially in the Metroplex area. I mean, you guys. I mean, obviously, six man gets way bigger and and more broad as you go west. But you know, you guys are kind of on the eastern side of the eastern edge of the state as far as six man goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think Trinidad, yeah, there might be one or two schools further to in East Texas, but you guys are almost on the eastern border of, of where Six Man ends or begins. Yeah. So it just gets um, the rivalries are fun. High school is I mean, that's what high school is all about. I mean, we're, you know, forty plus years later and we're you know, we still talk about you know, when my buddies and I get together, we're still talking about, you know, some of the rivalry games we had. So just you know, cherish those moments. They're, they're, you'll, they'll stay with you forever. Oh, yeah. Whoop, did we lose? You there, Peyton? Hello, Peyton. Uh-oh, I think we've lost someone. But, it, hey, let me do – how many guys off of the football team play 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 basketball as well? Oh, uh, we're we're a small school, so everybody plays everything pretty much. Only a few don't play basketball, really. About three or four usually. Okay. Yeah, that was that 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 would be the fun part of being in a in a smaller school is just the ability to play everything. Oh yeah. Now, I'm guessing y'all probably don't have – y'all have baseball at Blum? Oh, yeah. We got baseball and track. Okay. Now, do you do you do, do you run track or you play baseball? Yes, sir. I run track and I play baseball. That's awesome. Yeah, just get get four letters and four sports for four years. That's, that's yes, awesome. Sir. We, uh, we went to state and track last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, is that – do y'all go to is, – is the is – the, I'm guessing is that track meet down in Austin as well? Yes, yes, sir. Okay. Everybody get to go to the big city. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Peyton, are you there, buddy? Man, I think we've lost him, but 
anyway, well, I guess we'll we'll end this recording, Bobby. I, I, I'm not sure where Peyton's at, but uh, I want to appreciate. I just say I thank you for coming on and joining us, and uh, we're all looking forward to building. You know, kind of kind of helping promote you guys in the, in the six man game. Awesome. As, as we move forward into the uh, 2020 season, and you know, just just make it a, make people aware of, of of the excitement that that game can produce. So I love it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end this, and uh, we will we will tag you when we get this thing posted. Yes, sir. All right, thanks, Kobe. No problem.